Hi, everyone. This is Bishik from shakethecosmos.com. My guest today is Mike Sinyard, CEO of Specialized Bike. And I couldn't be more excited to talk with Mike today. And we're going to talk about, we're, about his personal life. I get to know him a little bit, the innovation that happens at Specialized Bikes, and some of the giving back stuff that he's involved in as well. And if you're listening to this episode right now, hit the follow button or subscribe button. Uh, and if you really like what you heard, give me a five-star rating. That helps me with the organic search results. So thank you so much, Mike. Really appreciate you being on the Shake the Cosmos show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you. Awesome. Well, I like to just dive right in. So I'm going to start with just to get to know you a little bit. And I think um, can judge a lot from the morning routine of people. So what is your morning routine like, um, Mike? Well, uh, this morning, for example, I woke up very early. I have my uh, squeezed, uh, like it, I get up at like about 5 or 4.30, have my squeezed uh, juice of lemon. I like that, just how it feels in the body. And, and this morning I did a, um, about an hour of kettlebells before I got started. And then, um, and then like most of the world on the Zoom calls, uh, talking with people in different parts of the world. Wow. So some hydration, some exercise and getting to the good stuff right away. Yes. Love it. Yes. Has it, has it changed over time? You've like the juice stuff, was that in the beginning or, or have you kind of modified, played around with this morning routine? I played around from the morning routine. I always le- learn a lot from other people. And, um, but I've been going with the, with the squeezed lemons, um, is, is really quite powerful. And, it's, and do you add really salt nice or it's just lemon? Uh, water? I, I do sometimes a little sea salt in there. Nothing better than that. Yeah. With the lemon and the salt. And, yeah. Awesome. I think uh, tomorrow morning, I'm going to have to actually to, to this afternoon, I'll have to go to grocery stores and find some lemons. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, um, as, as Jack mentioned, you know, I do some self-development stuff and, uh, you know, I was reading a little bit more about Specialized and, you know, I saw some of the advice um, that you give to your kids. You know, you said, hey, if you do what you love to do and you do it in the best way, then you'll be fine. And I also saw things like, you know, 1974, a dream, a vision, a great excuse to not get a real job. So (laughs) what was, what was your dream? And, you know, what is the dream now? Or, um, would love to, uh, kind of dig into that a little bit. Sure. Well, I do tell my kids that, and I've also told them that your life is not for rent. Right. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean for periods. Of course, you have to work and do things that you're not the most passionate about, but you should keep that in mind. And I would say the dream and the vision is, um, well, personally, I really love bicycles. I really love what bicycles do for for you, um, you know, mentally um, and physically. But I'd say mostly mentally. is really a way to relax. It's kind of the meditation and and therapy. Riding on the bike, especially in the mountains or on a mountain bike in the in the forest. But I would say, really, the vision is um, first of all, you know, we like the pedaling the planet right behind me. Um, 
we know that bicycles change lives. And, um, and I think at this time in the world, people need that even more than ever. And especially youth um, uh, need a way to really connect and to be out there and, and to be active. So I would say for specialized is, uh, you know, to make the world a better place through cycling. And, and I have a foundation that's called Outride that um, to say what it is, I, I started Outride because I have ADHD. And I read an article in the Harvard Medical once this doctor go, this, this kid was saying, writing is my Ritalin. And I read it and I go, oh my God, that's me. That's my son. There's got to be millions of people, right? Millions of people. And I called the doctor and I go, how come there isn't more information on this? He goes, well, there's no drug company to support it. <laughs> to finance it, I said, what is it? What would it take to do? So that's when we started seven years ago with Harvard Medical and now with Stanford doing this research um, that is really showing that that cycling makes a difference for um, for kids, for older kids, for old people. And we can tell it from, we have a helmet with sensors on there. And we also have about 35,000 kids that went through, yeah, that went through uh, the program this year at schools. And so we have testimonials and medical research. Wow. And then, you know, tell me a little bit more about your own personal journey there. Like, I guess, sort of the dynamics, logistics of how the biking and mental health get connected. Like, I'm just imagining you're, you're on a bike on a mountain. What does that feel like that you feel like there is a mental health relationship for you? Yeah, well, I, I would say, yeah, when you're out riding the bike and, and a lot like meditation, you know, everything is in the breath in life, everything, your mind, everything in the breath. And you think about writing is the ultimate of that, right? Going, you know, really doing the, almost like a holothropic breath work, right? Um, and, and so it really gets you to a really great state. And I always feel like, you know, after you're riding the bike, you're really optimistic. And and when there's problems, every problem then becomes an opportunity instead of an obstacle. I love that. And almost like the bike becomes like a tool to, to meditate and just go through problems. And like, for example, I journal every morning and, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll say in the journal, I am freaking awesome. And then a voice inside of me will say, are you sure? And then I write that too. And but that becomes my own little way of fighting my own um, own own naysayers. Uh, I love uh, I like that the biking is also with that. Completely, yeah, completely charges you up and and gives you energy. And I've I've seen that so much with young kids um, that it just powers them up. And all of a sudden, it's something you can do on your own, and and you don't have to compete with anybody else. Speaking of that, like just kind of making a shift, like how do you deal with uh, naysayers? Like, you know, I was talking about this critic, inner critic, or sometimes people have, you know, have an idea and someone else is like, you know, you can't do it. Like, so for example, I do stand up comedy or, well, I used to. And, <laughs> and I would, I took my neighbor one time and he was like, no, man, you can't do stand up comedy. 
And I was like, well, I guess you can't do stand-up comedy. <laughs> but I just wonder, you, you'd be in the innovation world or just in personal life, how do you deal with naysayers? Well, that's a good, that's a good question, the naysayers. Um, well, you know, a lot of times when you have an idea and then you think about it and then you see other parallels in the world or even in nature, you go, well, it's obvious. It's, it's so obvious. And, um, and so then that's what, that's what propels me to do it or the need. Um, you know, I love that Chinese symbol, um, you know, for crisis, there's the crisis, you know, that symbol. I don't, but well, I, I've got it right here. I can, <laughs> on the thing, I can pull it over if you want me to hold it up, but it's, but it's like one symbol is uh, danger and the other one's opportunity. So every time in life of a crisis, there's a danger, but then there's also an opportunity to turn it into a great thing. And I've always, uh, I've always believed that. I love that. I love that. I guess it kind of turns the situation around like, Hey, you know, if there, if I'm part of this, then there is a danger that exists there. Um, and, uh, um, I guess like, what would, what would be your uh, suggestion to someone that, you know, is, has a side hustle, maybe, you know, they want to make it their kind of like a real hustle and, um, they're getting past that stage. Yeah. Well, I, I think the thing, if you have something that you believe in, um, to just keep experimenting, to keep trying different things and, and talking to different people and trying things. And sometimes, you know, they say, Oh, you know, in business, or there's the economies of scale. And that. I go, I love economies of tiny. <laughs> economies of tiny, you know, just doing things in a very small way and seeing how seeing how it works. Um, but I would say, in, in some ways, uh, a mentor of mine said, sometimes will, having will is more important than skill. Because if you have the will, you find the people with the skill. Wow. <laughs> I think I should just hit pause on this podcast, digest us for a little while. <laughs> so like what really true. Yeah. I mean, what what's an example of something like economies of tiny, like that you might have done that kind of comes to mind? Uh, that's not huge and maybe not as visible, or just maybe an example that people can uh, kind of think about. Well, I think like even starting the foundation of Outride, it was like, hmm, okay. So I read about that and I thought, well, you know, I was working with some uh, some young kids that had opiate addiction. And I said, well, you know what? I'll tell you what, I'll pay you full time, but you have to ride your bike 80 miles a day. They go, 80 miles, that'll take all day. And I go, that's the point. <laughs> You'll be so exhausted, you can't do anything else. But, but I would say, just, just trying things, right? Just trying things. And, and, and it's like you with the, with the stand-up comedy, where you just did it, right? And, and, you don't, and you don't get discouraged of other people saying no. And, and I think in, 
you know, you read the book Outliers and, and, and people that have done really well at things, whether it's Steve Jobs or Bill Gates, they have been doing that for a long time. And they were obsessed, possessed and obsessed, and they never gave up. And I would say that's the main thing is just the determination. I appreciate that. Um, I was actually in French Polynesia recently, and I, I, <laughs> I, I guess speaking of determination, I uh, swam with sharks, and uh, I used to, I used to be scared of them, and now I think of them as dogs of the ocean. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, um, I appreciate the 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 example. So, I guess you know, kind of shifting to the innovation piece, and that happens yeah. at specialized and mm-hmm. and kind of setting the stage here first. Like, what impact has COVID uh, had on on the business um, of bikes, or or maybe you could speak specifically or industry wide. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I would say so. So interesting about COVID because it it is pretty global. And, and I would say it's had a pretty universal effect. I would say in some ways it's brought out the best in people and the worst, right? And, and I would say the best that I see, it has made people much more family-oriented, right? Focused on health. And, and the bicycle has become at the center of that culture. So, so that's been really great. And, and you see families out riding, you see people out riding. So it, it has really accelerated, you know, it has definitely accelerated our business. That's awesome. I, I remember with the, when the whole lockdown stuff started, that was one of the first visible changes I just saw around my, uh, in San Diego, just saw a lot of people like walking and on their bikes and it's like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's you great. see that all over. Yeah. What's what's the worst uh, piece that you you said? You know, there's the best parts of it, and then brings out the worst as well. <laughs> well, the worst. I think we all see it, right? We we see it together, and and I think the the division, particularly in this country, is um, is an issue, and 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 I think sometimes even the a bad thing like all the the racial issues, I think results in a good thing, Mm. awareness and change. So, um, but I think, you know, people acting um, um, irresponsible, you know, and refusing to wear a mask or something like that is like, really? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm not sure when the whole thing became political from just being wearing a mask type of thing. Um, and I do, I do recall finding a quote from you, you know, saying, I truly believe that in moments of crisis, we have the greatest opportunity for, to make the change. And I remember, uh, you know, that from you, I guess, sort of what inspired that? What do you think in the, is a change that happens during moments of crisis uh, um, that people can kind of just take advantage of? Well, I think that the opportunity, I think when there is a crisis that, all of a sudden things become open, right? Mm-hmm. That people's thinking becomes open um, and you're willing to do something different and it can change behavior. And as a leader of a uh, company, even a small company, it's a way to, to relook at everything you do 
and and reconsider, right? So it's so I would say that's really powerful. And and in the world, I mean, look at all the things that have happened with the energy on the bicycle or the racial justice. I mean, we wouldn't have got it without that crisis. What's something you're as a company you're relooking at, reconsidering it because of the changes that are happening now? Oh boy, you know, for sure people working from home, working <laughs> on Zoom, and you go, well, you know what? We're a pretty adaptive group, and we go, yeah, we're making it work. In some ways, some ways it works better, um, but in other ways, of, of course, we love. We miss very much the connection, the connection with people. Um, but I think we we found a way to make it work. I, I think that's that's really key. Um, other things that we found is um, hmm, how to get to the point quicker. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's true. You mean like on a when someone's on a Zoom call and they're just quiet, or and you're like, "Hey, let's go, let's go." What is it? Or well, things are happening quicker. A, yeah, in a crisis, you have to make decisions, right? You can't you can't ponder this thing and 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 things like that. And and so I'd say that's been um, a lot of really good changes in that in that endeavor, right? Totally. I, and it's 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 interesting you mentioned that someone else. Uh, he, he, uh, my friend William Gilchrist, who was on the podcast recently, and he, his company delivers sales um, services to companies. And he mentioned, yeah, he's like, companies are going away with the fluff that they wanted. Now it's just like we got to get to the decisions quicker. So you do, yeah. Um, how does that sort of play a role? Like I, you know, I reading about sort of your product development and, um you know, what point do you feel like the product is sticky? Um, like, and I feel at least from what I've read, like you, you practiced some patience during product launches, kind of seeing when it's sticky and you could just tell me, no, you know, it's some other way, but that's what I was, that's what I got a feel of. How do you, how do you feel like the product is sticky? And when you say the product is sticky, you mean just the energy with the product and the interest of it? Yeah, the energy with the product. And, you know, I think I remember reading about one of the bikes and you kind of let it uh, simmer through in the market. And then, you know, just just this patience that's required because I I guess you didn't give up. (laughs) Right. Well, I think that is a a thing is just, um, well, you know, you know, running a a brand is a lot like being a parent with a, you know, and that you really have to have the the care and the view and and really love and determination to um, to just stick with it, just stick right? With and because if you think, what is a brand? A brand is just means trust, right? Totally, brand is trust, and yeah. and it's that passion. Sounds like that just drives that being ability to just stick through it. Yes. Okay, well, um, and then I, you know, I, you were talking about some of the team members and people, and I've, I've heard you say it's all about the people as well. Um, and when it comes to the companies, 
Um, tell me a little bit how you think about the DNA of the people or the people you want to bring along as you're scaling a company. I'm also thinking like some entrepreneurs that might be yeah. watching this and they're trying to grow their company. And you know what? Tell me a little bit more about how you think about that. Yeah. Well, that's the most important, right? And and you know when you're in your activity of whatever business you're doing you can see the people that are really passionate, right? And I, I always think that the, the people that do the best is people that are very curious, right? <clears throat> they're very curious. And even though they're really smart, they're always always learning and they're always open to new things. So, so curiosity is a very big one. And I think people being humble. And, and then the other one is the will. Mm. So with those... Those are really, uh, I mean, they sound too simple, but it's very important. Kind of the will and determination for curiosity. Got yeah, it. So lo really looking for those for those elements and you know people um, and and seeing seeing how they're they're driven. And the other one is how do people work with other people? Are they a big shot? You know, there's no room for big shots, no room for big old egos in the company. I mean, if you have an ego about the good work, that's one thing, but, you know, it can't be about, about you. Mm. I like that. Um, and then I guess, kind of, I know we were talking a little bit about the foundation and the work you do with the youths yeah. uh, and the outride. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Like what is... What kinds of opportunities, and then also, like, what are kinds of opportunities are for our listeners to get involved in in, yeah. in outright as well? Yeah, well, I would say with outright, uh, primarily we've been going through through the schools, right, and uh, and because we we do the um, technical research at Stanford, and then and then we do the research uh, with the schools, field research. And as I said, this last year, we had 35,000 kids come through there. So if you're a parent, uh, now a lot of kids aren't in school now, but um, to get to get that involvement, and I think for parents to be involved with the kids, to kid, get the kids out riding um, is, is really powerful and, and to help to help with that school program. And I would say as a parent, the most powerful thing you could do is just go ride with your kid, right? Mm. Like with my kids, I rode with them when they were little and I can still do that now. It's a connection we have. Yeah. Uh, what I mean, I wonder what happens differently when it's riding solo and or if you're riding in a group as a family or friends, um, you feel a different type of connection with that? Yeah, you feel a... Uh, you feel a, a, that shared experience of a connection, which is which is really powerful. Um, it's nice to see that. I live <laughs> over here. I can see a lot of a lot of the families out riding um, on the dirt trails and things like that, and the kids are just having a great time. Yeah, I think riding together. I actually remember as a as a little kid, my favorite one of my favorite activities was I was I would just ride solo around the house. I grew up in India. I would just ride solo, literally in circles around the house. And <laughs> I'm like it. looking back, I'm like, what the heck was I doing? But it, it was just one of my favorite activities. 
Yes. <laughs> Oh man! Well, I'd love. I, what I'll do is I want to make sure there's a link to Outride and yes. supporting that in the in the podcast description as well. So, how can people get to Outride and learn more or uh, about that? Yeah, yeah. You can just um, I'll send you the link, or you can just put it in there. But it's uh, it's Outride.org, and you can see you can see the program and see how how effective. It is, and, um, and and you know, one of my personal beliefs is that um, in the United States, in particular, that we are over medicating our kids. Mm. They don't need to be medicated. They need to, well, maybe some medication, but but kids need to move, and the movement on the bike um, is really good for the mental of the kids. So um, that's um, you know the most widely prescribed uh, medicine medicine in the United States is Ritalin and it's going all to the children. Oh, that's, that's pretty. Uh, so we're going to look back and we're going to think, Hey, was, this is going to make cigarettes look like it wasn't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they should be putting the pictures, the bad pictures that they put on, at least when I was traveling Europe, they have really, crazy, uh, ugly pictures on cigarette packages to discourage yeah. people from smoking cigarettes. Um, yeah. 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 Well, that's a good point. The pharmaceutical is, uh, <laughs> that, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. Well, as we're wrapping up here, any, yeah. any other thoughts or any exciting things happening at Specialized that you want people to check out? Yeah, I would say, I would say ride a bike, you know, getting a bike is a, is a great thing. And, and, uh, you know, during this COVID, so, in the, you know, since March, I've moved my car three times. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, in some ways you find, well, you don't really need to go places like you think you need to go, right? Um, but, but really, I think uh, finding, finding a way to, to get in a good mindset, you know, um, cycling is a medical kind of like a, a meditation in itself, right? That people can be healthy and, and, um, and particularly kids. And, and I would say for business, you know, follow your passion. And if people say that it can't be done, then that should make you even more excited. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and just find ways to do it, you know, and, and one of the ways to find mentors is if there's somebody in the field you are passionate about, just write them a letter. You never know how much, how many times they would just return, return your message. And then you can, you can have somebody as a mentor, but having people you can learn from is really powerful. Awesome. Thanks Mike for making the time to be on the podcast and truly inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. Please hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week 